Welcome to Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans. In March of this year, one-time federal funding was allotted to communities and counties in the U.S. through the American Rescue Plan Act. The funds are directed for use in pandemic recovery efforts and to help communities become more resilient. They must be used by December 31, 2026, meaning that community leaders have time to gather input from local citizens about the best use for the funding. To discuss this opportunity that counties and communities have to engage their residents is Marilyn Schlake, an extension educator with Rural Prosperity Nebraska here at UNL. Hi, Marilyn. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Great. Thank you. And thanks for joining the podcast again. Can you explain the purpose and the directives behind the funding that's been made available under the American Rescue Plan Act? Sure. The purpose of the American Rescue Plan Act, or we call it ARPA, is to support pandemic recovery efforts. This may come in the form of replacing public sector lost revenue, spurring job growth, um, or jump-starting economic growth through households and business stabilization, and or addressing systematic public health and economic challenges. There are some very broad areas that ARPA funds can be used for, and they have five very um, broad categories. Support public health expenditures. If the communities were not able to meet the health needs of their citizens during the pandemic, they can use these funds to help fulfill those needs and better support their community. Address negative economic impacts. Um, different business sectors were impacted by the pandemic, and so they may need to be strengthened and supported to bring them back to full operations. Thinking about um, some of our tourism facilities, the tourism industries, or even some of our um, local businesses that really suffered um, because they were not able to um, meet the needs of the citizens, so the citizens weren't able to come in and support their businesses at that time. Um, the third reason is to replace lost public sector revenue, and this is based on a percentage of lost revenue, and it has some very specific guidelines, and for many of our rural communities, we probably won't see them accessing these funds um, just because many of the rural communities did not experience a lot of um loss on their public budget. So um, this area is probably not a, um, a sector that, or a, a category that they're going to use. Um, the fourth area is premium pay for essential workers. There were staff members um, from the health department, um, from different departments within a community that um, were going above and beyond to make sure that the citizens were safe during this time. And so there's ways that you can help support them um, going forward as we still are dealing with some of these issues. And the last one is investment in water, sewer, and broadband infrastructure. And this really is designed to help communities ensure safe and clean drinking water, good sewer and storm water infrastructures, and to increase the access to broadband internet for the businesses and citizens. And as I was talking with um, many of the small town officials, that issue of water, sewer, and broadband really comes up as kind of their first reaction to how the monies could be used. And so maybe that is the best option given the circumstances for some of these small communities. However, 
with creativity and community discussions, more options and opportunities can come to the surface that maybe some of the leaders hadn't previously considered. And so that is an opportunity for these communities to reach out to the citizens and gather some of that information. Yeah, and I'm sure that the funding amount is different for every community, every county receiving these funds. But uh, do you have a sense of just how significant the funding might be for these smaller communities? Um, yeah, it really varies, as, as you said, that it depends on the population. And there's some other factors that went into the formula. Um, the com- counties receive direct dollars from the federal government. And communities larger than 50,000 also receive direct payments from the federal government. But it's where those communities under the 50,000 population base, um, they had to work with the state of Nebraska to receive their funds. They had to make an application actually to receive those funds. And those dollars really varied considerably in some of our very small communities. It may be a couple hundred dollars, but some of the larger communities that are up around the 10,000, 25,000, it could be in the millions. And so, um, each community is unique in what they received, and um, that creates unique opportunities for um, looking at different options that may be available to those communities. And speaking of those options, we've mentioned that uh, they have until the end of 2026 to spend these funds, and you're encouraging leaders in these communities to proactively seek out input from community members. So can you just talk about why uh, this is so important when it comes to uh, this kind of funding to to gather this input from the citizens? Um, Yes, the the ARPA funds is provided outside of the normal budgetary lines that a county or community usually handles, Um, especially for the county. Usually it's, you know, looking at roads um, and, and construction and maintenance. And that is not one of the authorized uses of these funds. However, the sewer, the water, the broadband do fit and can be enhanced to create those more healthier and resilient communities. Other areas to address may be areas such as food insecurity, economic growth, jobs, or civic preparedness. And engaging citizens in the discussions can help bring out you know, some of those new ideas to the table um, through their own experience and observations, what they've seen in the community, what the needs are, um, looking at their neighbors, looking at the businesses, the organizations within the community. And additionally, as you have a broader engagement process, Community leaders can also look at building synergies between the communities and look at larger projects that the community and the counties can work together and that they can leverage resources that they may already have on hand um, that address some of those larger county community issues and create a more um, cohesive project in the long run. And um, really, what better way to gather information but through community conversations or surveys or other ways that you can gather input, um, social media. Um, As I mentioned in the blog, there are numerous ways to include the public by holding public in-person meetings, which we do commonly, um, to having really a social media campaign that gathers the information from the public and engages them in the discussion, um, using survey technology to solicit responses, um, to help you quantify some of the ideas that are coming back from the public. 
the main objective is opening the invitations to citizens and inviting and encouraging their input. And part of that is also educating the public about this opportunity because I don't know if everybody knows that these funds are coming down to their counties and communities and they would welcome the opportunity to have that discussion. But they have to have that awareness um, to even participate. That's a great point. And are there examples you know of of how communities have already strategized uh, their funding plans with these American Rescue Plan dollars? Um, yes, I was out doing some research on the internet and um, looking at some different communities and counties across the country. And there are so many different ways that they are planning and strategizing on how to use the monies. And in some cases, for these larger cities, it's billions of dollars that they are that they have been provided through the ARPA funds. And they are actively seeking public input to address community needs. Some are using very high-tech methods to gather that information. And, of course, they have huge budgets to do so. But when we look at some of our smaller communities here in Nebraska, um, those ARPA dollars are not really huge in some cases, but they can create a one-time opportunity to address a critical issue that the community needs to deal with. For example, um, one community is looking at how to address food access um, by supporting a essential food business that closed during the pandemic. Another is looking at leveraging other federal dollars to enhance their water tower system and need some repairs and they have some dollars set aside and so this will just bump them up a little bit higher to get that accomplished. And others are looking at broadband services. How can they increase that access for the citizens, the businesses, the organizations within the community to not only um, increase communications, um, but also, you know, using it for telehealth, um, getting their access to knowledge and to help um, deal with some of the issues um, such as what the pandemic brought, brought about. Um, so having those broad discussions and um, bringing in the public can really provide that creativity and um, help them find the best use of the funds that create lasting impacts for the community. And what a great thing that these funds are eligible, not just for recovery efforts, but for really investing into the future, as you've been describing. And are there resources that community leaders here in Nebraska can use as they plan how to engage the public in planning how to use the funds? Yes, there are a couple of different opportunities that are just coming on board. Um, the most uh, current one is set for October 15th, and that is with the Nebraska Association of County Officials, conducted in partnership with Real Prosperity Nebraska. And it's for County Strategic Planning Facilitation Training is the title. And um, that's basically showing you how to engage the public and how to do a or conduct a facilitated discussion with the public to generate ideas. Contact NACO uh, for more information how to be involved with that on the county level. And then there will be a training coming up sometime in November, the date has not been set yet, but that is for community facilitation training. Um, again, also to teach people how to facilitate those local discussions. The Rural Prosperity staff is also available across the state to help leaders conduct and compile survey data and provide guidance on how best to reach and hear the voices of rural Nebraska's in, on the county level or the community level. 
And finally, I just want to say that there is time to engage citizens and to fully consider all the options. The ARPA funds have to be obligated by December 31st of 2024 and funds expended and completed by December 1st, 2026. So that's five years down the road to figure out um, how those monies will be spent or three years to figure out how they're gonna be spent and to get them spent out in five years. So there is plenty of time to make sure that you have those voices of the citizens in your area. All right, great stuff from Marilyn Schlake, an extension educator with Rural Prosperity Nebraska, working out of the Department of Agricultural Economics here at UNL. You can find out more about the work of Rural Prosperity Nebraska on their website, ruralprosperityne.unl.edu. And Marilyn has also authored a new article on what we've been talking about here in this episode of the podcast. And you can find that on our website for the Center for Ag Profitability at cap.unl.edu. Marilyn, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu.